Dave and Darren with the Top 5 Things Podcast. It's a review of what we've gotten done on our morning show, which you can hear every weekday morning, 5.30 until 10 a.m. My name is Dave. This is my partner, Darren. Hey, Darren. Hello, and uh, this podcast is brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Aren't they the only locally owned dispensary? They are. Tech Drive in Milan and West Main Street in Galesburg? That's true. And I understand, you correct me if I'm wrong, that both the Milan and Galesburg locations are open. This, well, this can't be right. Seven days a week? Yeah, that makes it nice and convenient. Both dispensaries offer recreational cannabis. Milan offers medicinal, including topicals for localized pain. So sign up for the newsletter and connect with Nature's Treatment on Twitter and Instagram. Let's get started with number one. Number one. One. Number one. Number one. Number one. And this should be obvious. Okay, number one. Number one. 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 Number one. I don't know if you saw the Columbus Zoo. They're making headlines. Uh, A western lowland gorilla whose name is, I guess, Sully? Buddy. Uh, (laughs) Buddy, I'm going to be in the tire swing just thinking about things and comping people. I don't want to see her on the zoo for the rest of the week, buddy. Buddy! (laughs) For five years, the Columbus Zoo believed that one of its gorillas, Sully, was a male. Uh, But they thought it was very strange on Thursday when uh, eight-year-old Sully was holding a newborn baby girl. They thought it was a boy gorilla. It turns out Sully is a lady gorilla. I guess they never got that close. Well, I mean, I don't want to tell the Columbus Zoo how to run uh, run things. It's one of the best zoos we have, right? Isn't that where Jack Hanna worked for a million years? Columbus Zoo is like one of the preeminent zoos in America. How do you not know if a gorilla is a boy gorilla or a girl gorilla? That doesn't make any sense to me. It says uh, that it's a challenge to determine sex when gorillas are young. Because until they get to be about Sully's age, and Sully is eight, uh, gorillas do not have prominent sex organs. You just, uh, you can't Yeah, but tell. aren't they constantly, like, playing with them? Um, gorillas? I don't feel like gorillas do that as much as your smaller monkeys. Okay. There are some smaller monkeys where all they do is eat and... It's quite obvious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they have a good time all the time. So you really have no way of knowing until a gorilla is eight years old what gender it is? As gorillas age, they become sexually dimorphic, meaning males and females start to look very different. But males don't develop their characteristic large size, their silverbacks, or their large head butts, uh, bumps until they get to be about 12 years old. And even after this gorilla safely landed that plane on the Hudson, Uh we still had no idea. Different Sully. Sully's lived at the Columbus Zoo since 2019. A young and healthy gorilla, uh, she didn't really need any veterinary procedures that would have resulted in zookeepers, you know, taking a look to see uh, what, what her true sex was. And as for the pregnancy, gorilla pregnancies last about eight and a half months. That was also something that they couldn't determine because that, that's got me wondering, you didn't notice the gorilla was pregnant? 
gorillas rarely show outward signs of pregnancy because newborns are smaller than human babies and gorillas naturally have very large abdomens. Sully's troop, which includes her own mother, is supportive of the mom-baby pair, and the zoo is planning on keeping the social group together. Columbus Zoo says here it's exciting to have a new member of the uh, critically endangered species. So I guess congratulations. Uh, One of the zookeepers was asked about Sully, who, again, all this time they thought was a male, giving birth on Thursday. (laughs) And uh, this is one of the Columbus zookeepers here when, when asked to comment on it. I'm really crossed up. I knew that was coming. You, you saw that coming. No, yeah, right. yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they call telegraphing a pass. <laughs> you would have. That one, and that was not the Statue of Liberty play. No, that would have. That been, was just. A, that would have been a pick six. Is what that, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a, looking at my receiver the entire time. Whole time. <laughs> Only receiver you looked at. Boy, I'm telling you what, I'm just getting all cover five. <laughs> I'm just getting cover five excited. Uh, I don't know how excited you should be getting, because I still haven't heard back from the people. Number two. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Number two. Number two. 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 I'm looking here at data of the most marriage-averse cities in these United States. Okay. Lower population, percentage population of people married. They're just not interested in getting married. They did a uh, massive survey of Gen Z and millennials. Okay. And 40% of men and 52% of women in those demographics feel that marriage is an outdated tradition. 41% of men and 52% of women think marriage is an outdated tradition. 73% feel that it's too expensive to get married in the current economy. And 85% polled say they do not think marriage is necessary to have a fulfilled and committed relationship. One in six have zero plans to ever get married. And 72% are just not interested in getting married whatsoever. The cities with the most unmarried couples living together in the United States, number one on the list is... Toledo, Ohio. Go Mudhands. I could never love you as much as I love Tony Paco's. <laughs> Seattle's number two, Spokane, Washington, three, Portland, Oregon is four, and the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Pete, there at number five for uh, people that just are not interested in uh, getting married. Wasn't it uh, Prince in Minneapolis who famously said, let's pretend we're married? Huh. No Salt Lake City, huh? Salt Lake City's not on this list, no. I bet it's not. No. No, they tend to get uh, get hitched up real quick there. And a lot of times. Uh-huh. Well, I don't think that's going on as much as it used to. Uh, there's a follow-up to a story that we first brought you last year. Do you remember the woman who got married to a ghost named Eduardo? I do remember someone marrying a ghost. Well, they've now uh, decided to make the difficult decision to get a divorce. They weren't even married a year. 
I don't know. Does she think she's going to get that uh, Joe Mangalo now that he's on the market? Why would why would she why would she divorce her ghost husband? Seems to me, if you marry a ghost, that really you shouldn't be able to get divorced, because no, that's that seems like eternity to me. Right. Uh, this woman claims she married the ghost of a Victorian soldier. She says she's going through the divorce process now. She met Eduardo <laughs> one stormy night. I bet it was stormy. <laughs> When he burst into her bedroom and immediately professed his love for her. That's all it takes, huh? Uh-huh. They became inseparable, with the ghost sending her cryptic messages in the shower. Sounds like a serious case of trespassing to me. That would be... Having a ghost... Breaking and entering. Yeah, I don't want to... I don't want a ghost talking to me when I'm in the shower. Hey, buddy, uh... I can't hear you. The water's running. Can you speak up? I'm a ghost. They became inseparable, but it didn't take long, it says here, before cracks began to appear in their otherworldly relationship. Is he ghosting you, honey? Is that what's going on? Because you kind of signed up for that. Yeah, you can't complain about that one. Uh, She said that uh, her name is uh, Brocard. And she says that her and Eduardo argued over their wedding date. Uh, She says here, quote, I want a summer wedding, but he hates the heat. And I'd secretly love to make him melt. But he disappears often enough as it is. For weeks, we got nowhere with it. So I'm going to design a Ouija board of wedding dates to see which one we're both drawn to. Okay. I didn't know the ghost could feel the heat. You mean to think of that when it's 110 heat index later on this week. If you were to die and become a ghost, it would still be hot for you. That's not fair. Uh, She says of Eduardo, quote, I swear he's turned into a complete groomzilla and his list of demands grows daily. Eduardo's always had a temperamental nature, but the nuptials seem to be bringing out the worst in him. She also says that he didn't care for the fact that uh, that he made their relationship public. The wedding ceremony was posted on Instagram. Uh, she says they got into their first fight on the honeymoon when Eduardo got too drunk. <laughs> In the months since they got married, she says the spirit became increasingly possessive. His fascination with Marilyn Monroe was another obstacle to marital bliss. Too much wine and spirits. She claims to have spotted the spirit of the late Hollywood actress at at the chapel. She says that he would routinely disappear and then emerge days later, smelling of Chanel Number 5, which everyone knows was Marilyn's favorite perfume. Everyone knows that. Would you like to hear a little bit of the wedding when they got married? Her and uh, her and this fella, this uh... Bricard. Bricard. Do you take Eduardo to be your partner in the adventure that lies ahead? Do you promise to walk side by side to the ends of the earth? To love, encourage, and support each other in every endeavor. 
Do you commit to opening yourself up completely and sharing your entire beings together? Okay, and she's moving her hands like she's trying to slap his hand away from her butt. <laughs> <laughs> like he's getting grabby. Good for her. I, I kind of love this bit. To share laughter as well as tears. Do you take Eduardo as your partner from now until the end of time? I do. Eduardo, do you take Ricard to be your partner in the adventure that lies ahead? I'll take that as a yes. To walk side by side. That's I'll, a, I'll take your silence as a yes. That's tacit approval. To the ends of the earth. To love, encourage, and support each other in every endeavor. Do you commit to opening yourself up completely and sharing your entire beings together? To share laughter as well as tears. Do you take Ricard to be your partner from now until the end of time? He does. <laughs> she just oh, yeah. jumped a little bit like he, like he grabbed you, her Like again. a gooster? Yeah. No, oh, no, he does. That means he does. He just grabbed my butt. That means he does. I love that he was not happy that she went public with this. Hey. I thought it was the other way around. She wasn't pleased. No, she he wasn't pleased that she oh. went public with the oh, news. Okay. Darren, how could the ghost go public with the news? That's an excellent question. Think about what you're saying. Let me just tell you this. Ricard and Eduardo, no longer together. Yes? Taking a look at the uh, Tony Paco's menu. Yes. <laughs> the Tony Paco's Eastern European kitchen. Yes. I'm about ready to pass out. Is it right up your alley? Oh, my God. God, yeah, I, oh my lord! Yeah, I've I've thought about doing a road trip. Oh my goodness! Wouldn't that be the best? Ugh. We could leave in the morning. I tell you what, you couldn't go there just once. Get a plate full of pierogies. Oh, stuffed cabbage. Uh huh. Chicken paprikas. Mm hmm. I know Hungarian hot dogs. Isn't this right up your alley? Kraut with sour cream. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. And then some strudel for the uh, yeah. for the dessert. Yeah, a little little sweet tooth. Yeah, they have more than one location. Tony Paco's, right? I f I feel like they have a couple different places you can go in Toledo in the Toledo area. Sure. There's the original on Front Street, and I think they also have a location where the Mudheads play, that like on sense. the like on the concourse. That makes sense. That's what we need to do, bro. A Mudheads game. Yes. Let's let's. Let's head just, to Toledo. Let's just confirm that Tony Paco's got uh, a stand at the uh, baseball stadium. I got an aunt that lives in Toledo. What? Yes. My Uncle Ray for years was a fireman in Toledo. I, I haven't been in. We've got a cover story. I know it. I know. We got to go. We got to head that way. My Aunt Joni's always sending uh, me jokes that we can tell on the morning show. Shall I cut them out of the Reader's Digest? Do we ever use them? Well, no, because, I mean, it's... It, I, you don't want to get sued. <laughs> Got sued by the Reader's Digest. I'm going to let uh, uh, morning shows that read other people's jokes. I mean, there's plenty of that going on right yeah, now. That's true. We, we've kind of always tried to not be that show. But, yeah, let's do this. We could get to Toledo, go to Tony Paco's for lunch, Go to a Mudhead game, have a couple of get, beers. Get more Tony Paco. And then Tony Paco's for a little midnight snack. Bing, we're in and we're out. What does it take to get to Toledo from here? Like seven hours? Something like that. Maybe I know. You never, think, you never think about it as a, as a destination. Go in that direction. That's what I'm saying. 
just to get to Tony Paco's for crying out loud. Why would why wouldn't we? Uh, let's leave right after the show. We can be back in time for tomorrow's show. Okay, so it's yeah, it's not even six hours away. It's not bad. No. I mean it's right. It's right where Michigan and Ohio kind of meet there on the Erie. So you're not going, you just basically have to traverse Indiana and you're, you're there, Daddy. We're at Tony Paco's eating pierogies like a couple of rock stars. Now I'm going to pass out. Three. All right, number three. Number three. Number three. 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 Well, Darren, it's in a while since we've had a good Florida story. Uh-huh. Florida. My family is down there, you know. They're yeah. uh, currently vacationing from me down there in the uh, Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area. Time of their life. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I, I'm assuming I haven't heard. I think, I think they're having a good time. My wife wanted to go to the beach, and my father-in-law, who lives down there, is like, there's no reason to go to the beach. The water is too warm. If you get in, you just get wet. Uh, I want to see it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the plan. Maybe today they go to the the ocean to go see. Hopefully they've already been there, like at daybreak. And then, <laughs> and then, and then when there's a chance that the temperature is yeah. slightly uh, not we'll, we'll Watch the sunrise and then get out of here. This headline, I think, says it all. Cocaine sharks off the coast of Florida may be feasting on dumped bales of drugs. Cocaine sharks. Shark. Well, I think we know uh, this is absolutely going to be turned into a major motion picture at some oh, yeah. point, right? Sure. It's like Sharknado and Cocaine Bear had a baby. And it's real. I wonder if there's a room in this movie for Glenn from Megafault. What is happening here? I just drove the RV straight into the ocean for some reason. It's Shark Week, don't you know, on the Discovery Channel. St- it's starting today? We've uh, Starting last night. We've reached the point of the summer where we are now in Shark Week. For decades, huge bundles of cocaine have washed up on Florida beaches. So it's not the dog days of summer, it's the shark days of summer. It's Shark Week. They smuggle these drugs in from South and Central America. Halls are often dumped at sea, both to give uh, smugglers, to give to smugglers. Like they will, sometimes they'll dump it in the ocean saying, okay, this is where you go and you pick it up. And then sometimes they'll dump it because they're trying to, you know, evade law enforcement. But currents and tides will push these drugs onto shore. Sure. In June, our Coast Guard seized over 14,000 pounds of cocaine in the Caribbean Sea and the Atlantic Ocean with an estimated street value of $186 million. That's coke that's just floating out there in the ocean. With so much cocaine entering the waters. Can you imagine being lost at sea for whatever reason? Uh I mean, there was that story of that one guy that was out there this dog for like three three months and they survived on just fish and rainwater. Yeah. Which I'm sure the dog is like, okay. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> not that big a whoop. You don't think the dog was ever like, really, fish again? Fish again. Well, I don't know. But, but can you imagine being lost at sea, and all of a sudden, the reason that you survived is you were floating on a big thing of cocaine? Well, is it as big as it was when you landed on it? It is not. <laughs> but you have to be very, very careful. Have to be careful. Moderation. Well, n- n- not only that, yeah, because you do want to make it to dry land. Yeah. You don't want to get anything wet. <laughs> Is it? What does it say about me as a person when that story happened of that guy lost at sea like last week? My first thought was, man, look at that dude's beard. That's a good looking beard. Out there in the ocean, eating fish, with, hanging out with your dog. Like the growth, you would think there'd be some sort of terminal growth, but his beard just kept growing. What I'm telling you is, that guy should enter contests. With so much cocaine entering the waters, Tom the Blowfish Herd wanted to find out whether the thousands of sharks off Florida were ingesting the dump narcotics. And so, uh, if that's happening, what kind of effect is all that cocaine having on the sharks, which is how we get Discovery Channel's new show, Cocaine Sharks. Heard in the University of Florida environmentalist Tracy Fantana. Tracy Fantana? (laughs) Carry out a series of experiments to find out if these sharks are all coked up. Heard says here the deeper story here is the way chemicals, pharmaceuticals, and illicit drugs are entering our waterways, entering our oceans, and what effect they could then have on these delicate ocean ecosystems. Yeah, a shark coked up out of his mind. First of all, you're not going to get him to shut up. You want to talk about jabber jaw. I mean, can a shark swim any faster than it already does? Can you imagine doing a key bump off the Florida Keys? They set their sights on the Florida Keys where fishers tell stories of sharks consuming drugs that have been funneled into the region on ocean currents. And on this show, the cocaine sharks, they dive with sharks to look for any unusual behaviors and see the sharks acting in unexpected ways. One great hammerhead shark comes straight at a team and appears to be swimming with a little bit of a wonk. At a shipwreck 60 feet beneath the surface, Hearn encounters a sandbar shark that appears to be fixated on something and is swimming in tight circles, despite there being nothing in sight. Tight circles. So this guy does some uh, further investigating, and he and Tracy Fantana... They did a couple experiments to see how sharks would react to fake bales of cocaine dropped in the water. They created packages similar in size and appearance to real coke bales. In the first, they set these pseudo bales next to dummy swans to see what the sharks would go for. Does it want the coke or does it want a bird? To their surprise, the sharks ignored the birds and went straight for the bales of coke. Taking bites from one of them, One shark even grabs a bale of what it thinks is cocaine and just swims off with it. I'm taking it. I'm going to make a lot of money on this. 
Next, they make a bait ball out of highly concentrated fish powder, which would trigger a dopamine rush as close to a hit of cocaine as this team could feasibly and ethically do. Keep in mind, at no point in cocaine sharks do they give actual coke to the sharks because that's frowned upon. Right. The sharks are seen to go wild. Heard says in the show, Cocaine Sharks, quote, I think we have got a potential scenario of what it may look like if you gave these sharks cocaine. (laughs) We gave them what I think is the next best thing, and it set their brains aflame. It was crazy. Finally, the team dropped fake cocaine bales from an airplane to simulate a real-life drug drop. And multiple shark species, including tiger sharks, start to move in. Hearn says that what they uncovered does not necessarily show that sharks in Florida are, in fact, consuming cocaine. A multitude of factors could explain the behavior observed during filming. Yeah, I mean, shark behavior and your buddy on coke, it's pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, sharks can get kind of twitchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can. <laughs> so uh, this doesn't necessarily explain that the... F- Sharks off Florida are consuming cocaine. A multitude of factors could explain the behavior observed during filming the TV show Cocaine Sharks. And these experiments would need to be repeated over and over to draw full conclusions. Uh, so uh, we're going to need some grant money, obviously. Hint, hint. He says, we have no idea what cocaine could do to the shark. We can't even say if this is a baseline. But he says that his TV show, Cocaine Sharks, will lead to more research in the area and that he'd like to carry out more tests, including on tissue and blood samples, to find out whether there is evidence of cocaine in the sharks' bodies. No field tests. It's not just cocaine that may be the problem. The other thing might be in the long flow, the drip of pharmaceuticals, caffeine, lidocaine, amphetamine, antidepressants, cocaine, birth control, the long, slow drift of it into the ocean could be hurting them as well. If you'd like to watch Cocaine Sharks in its entirety, it'll be on at 9 o'clock on Wednesday as part of Discovery Channel's Shark Week. Check it out for yourself. Oh, don't think I won't. You kidding me? There's fun in the water, and there's cocaine, too. Stay close to others and you'll know what to do. Four. 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 Real alternative radio, of course, we play what they call alternative music, whatever that means. It also means from time to time we like to share with you some alternative points of view. Mm -hmm. These are people who have what they believe to be unpopular opinions. And Darren, I thought it might be interesting with this segment to have you, I will present these unpopular opinions and I would like you to give them an unpopularity score on a scale of one to five. Five being a genuinely super unpopular opinion. Right. And one being, of course, no, that's what everyone thinks. Okay. Are you comfortable yeah, being th- the arbiter of what is and is not an unpopular opinion? I think I can do that. I think you're someone that we can trust. Unpopular opinions, if you have any that you'd like to share, our text line is right there on your radio and on your mobile app. Look at that, 563-223-8355. It's not a shock that a lot of these today are unpopular opinions that are food-related. 
They are food related? A lot of them are. Yeah. yeah. Not all of them, but you're going to notice a thread here. A lot of these are food related, unpopular opinions. We'll begin with this one. Popcorn at the movies is overrated. Don't get me wrong. I like the taste of popcorn, but I just don't get why this is the signature snack for going to the movies. It's crunchy and it makes noise, although I will give you that it's less than, say, a bag of potato chips, sure. But why not go with something at the movies that's more silent to eat, like bread and butter? (laughs) But what if it's a crusty bread? Hmm. Unpopular. That's the unpopular opinion. Yeah. That's pretty close to a five. Okay. Unpopular opinions. I hate the chocolate at the bottom of a drumstick ice cream cone. Oh, that's... I always give mine away to friends or what my What do you mean fiance. you give it away? <laughs> Who is going to eat that? I give it away to friends or my fiancé, and I always get a look of shock and confusion. Uh-huh. In my opinion, the chocolate in a drumstick at the bottom is subpar, and frankly, it's just too much in one bite. I cannot believe. They have made snacks that are just chocolate buttons like Muddy Bites. Gross. Obviously, the people have spoken, and they're very popular. But I was just enjoying a drumstick, and I thought I should share. I don't like the chocolate okay. at the bottom. Well, that's, that's probably pretty close to a five as well. Now, this is the way I kind of remembered the drumstick. Uh-huh. Because now you get a drumstick, and there is going to be chocolate at the bottom of the cone. Yeah, always. But when I was young, yeah. I had it in my head that that wasn't always the case. And it was like a special little treat if it did end up there. And at first, it was almost like... Like you won like, something? Like, like it was a mistake. <laughs> like it, was, it wasn't supposed to be there. It's like, oh my goodness, look at this little extra treat at the bottom. And then it was like, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Like the Tootsie Pop, where sometimes the rapper has the yeah. Native American shooting the star. Look, I got a lucky one. No, it's that's just it's how just it's always presented. been there. Yeah. Now, see, I've I've always remembered there being chocolate at the bottom, and I always thought the point of it was it keeps your cone from leaking at the well, bottom. It, it serves that purpose as well. It's not only a little treat, but it also has a a, a function, a, a practical use, purpose, a yeah. purpose. Okay, so we got two fives. Pretty close to fives, anyway. I mean, it's, it's I don't. They're not that completely outrageous, but but pretty close to five. Cranberry juice is easily the greatest juice to ever exist. And it's not even a contest to be real. Apple juice, maybe if you're a kindergartner. (laughs) Orange juice, that only tastes good as a morning refresher. Grape juice, again, what are we, back in kindergarten? That's the unpopular No mention of tomato juice? Not even mentioned. Oh, boy. Uh, Four. Okay, fair. Unpopular opinions, again, if you have one you'd like to share, 563-223-8355 is our text line. Pears are better than apples. You cannot sway my mind on this. Now, I remember that we had an unpopular opinion that someone just freaked out about pears. Loved them or hated them? The texture just couldn't, can't do it. I do remember that now that you mentioned it. Just can't do it. Pears are better than apples, and you can't sway my mind on this. Pears taste better. Their paper-like skin just feels better to eat. They're so juicy when ripe. Even when they're too hard, I'd prefer a pear over an apple. If you've got a long, stalky head on the pear, 
you can eat it like a drumstick. <laughs> and pear salads are just awesome. I haven't bought an apple in years. Two or three. Okay. Unpopular opinion. Adirondack chairs are the worst. Here are my reasons. One, Adirondack chairs do not put you in a good position to eat. Well, that's true. Two, these chairs don't put you in a good position to drink. Three, these chairs don't put you in a good position to have a conversation. Four, they are not comfortable or easy to get into or out of. And those are the four things I look for in a chair. I give an Adirondack chair a one out of ten because technically, I'll give you this, it is a chair. <laughs> Adirondack chairs are the worst. Unpopular opinion. Four. Okay. Sometimes on unpopular opinions, we present these and... I'm t sometimes I present these and I try to do it in as calm a demeanor as possible. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to share with you right now, just in the interest of being uh, transparent. This one's got you bothered? This one is infuriating. Okay. So this is clearly a five. Mm -hmm. And listeners have said that one of the things they like most about the unpopular opinion is how you can vacillate from totally agreeing with one yeah. unpopular opinion and being enraged by another. Yes. Unpopular opinion. Bacon is good as an ingredient, but it is no good by itself. Bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich? Delicious. Bacon, mac, and cheese? You can sign me up. I love bacon as an ingredient in other dishes, but bacon by itself is never enjoyable and more of a chore for me to eat. I don't know. Bacon just doesn't taste great on its own, but when its flavor is combined with various others... Then and only then does it work for me. That's a five. Right? So are they saying that, like, bacon and eggs is no good? A bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. No, 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 but I'm talking about bacon and eggs. No, I think they would say... That's, that's crazy. If the, if the bacon's not chopped up in the egg, what's that's, the point? That's crazy talk. Right? That's the most insane of all of them so far, right? Yeah. Unpopular opinion, the breeders are better than the Pixies. The breeders are better than the Pixies. Kim Deal has to maintain a steadier, stronger, and more inspired level of artistry over a longer period of time. Cannonball by the breeders is one of the best songs ever written. Title TK and Mountain Battles, both released well after the 80s, 90 golden era for either band, are some of the best work produced by any band ever. Pixies, on the other hand, what do they have? Three great albums, followed by two lackluster albums, a couple of decades of silence and then a reunion that, although joyous, was accompanied with some of the worst releases by any band ever. And while Kim, all the while, Kim Deal maintained a solid, steady release stream, dropping classic after classic. That's why breeders are better than pixies. I'm going to let you handle this one. Oh, I'll, t I'll give it a four. Okay. Uh, I, I disagree with the... I mean, the last couple of Pixies records have not been great, but they are Pixies records. I mean, I don't know. And the Breeders are terrific. I prefer Kim Deal as a member of Pixies, though. But that's not going to happen again, probably. Unpopular opinion. Overalls is the worst clothing style. Oh, some people. I know people that love overalls. 
All my yeah. life, I've never liked seeing anyone in overalls. Something about the outfit makes me weirded out. <laughs> I don't trust them. I don't I, trust people in overalls. I've tried to understand this style, but it's gotten nowhere. I don't personally Do care. Do they talk about trust? I don't personally care if kids or Mario characters are wearing overalls. But it's so weird to see an adult wearing them. Unpopular opinion. I'm going to give it I'm going to only give it like a 2. Really? 2 or 3? Okay. I mean, I can see someone being kind of weirded out by it. I don't know. Something about overalls just weirds me out. I don't know. Something's going on. I don't trust it. What's going on underneath that? I don't trust it. I will say, overalls, I don't have a problem trusting someone in overalls. But when it's overalls and there's no shirt underneath, like when you're doing like the hillbilly gym look. Yeah. That's a little sketch, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, see, like, uh, Soul Stash is a big fan of overalls. And yeah. then when you get to, like, overall season. Yeah. Because overalls are part of that whole pocket season. I could see it. Unpopular opinion. Cleaning the house after company leaves is way better than cleaning it before people come over. I was raised with an understanding that you should clean your house before your guests come. And afterwards, cleaning was almost non-existent except for the dishes. Now that I live on my own, I'm starting to realize that vacuuming and floor cleaning make more sense after people leave, not before they come. I, I don't hate it. I'd say my place is pretty clean already. Yeah. And it's the guests who bring some mess, which is understandable. So naturally, I want to clean up after the gathering. But doing it twice just makes no sense to me. So tidying everything up is better to be done afterwards. See, I find that cleaning up the house for when company comes over and then the quick tidy when they're done, and now it's like you get to live in a clean house, yeah. that's sometimes the, one of the joys of that's, entertaining. That's the payoff. Everyone's gone, and look, at the, we, we have a nice house for a couple of days. It's like almost like washing your hands before you go to the bathroom <laughs> as opposed to after. Right, right. What would you give that one on a scale of one to five? It just seems like a two. Yeah, I'll give it a one or a two. Unpopular opinion. We got two more, and they're both food-related, okay? okay? Pretzels with marinara sauce is delicious. I just You're had talking a, about soft pretzels. I just had a soft pretzel yeah. with marinara sauce because I thought, why not? And it tasted good. I'm serious. It tasted great, all capital letters. I believe that. I don't know if I just have a weird taste, but I loved it. And I might honestly prefer a soft pretzel with marinara sauce to cheese. Why did I just decide to do this? I wish I'd tried this years ago. All the wasted time. One. Such a regret to have. You know, I don't know that I've ever done that, but why wouldn't it be good? I could see it. One. I mean, it's no different than the breadsticks exactly. that you dip in marinara. It's essentially. Yeah. It's just a different kind of breadstick. I could see that being pretty great. Sure. I'll have to try that next time I make soft pretzels. Last one. Unpopular opinion. Is, I, is, uh, is your boy still off the, the uh, soft pretzels from the mall? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's the, he's never coming back. No, he gets mad. Yeah, when, uh, when my kid was little, he had a pretzel at the mall, and he puked. And uh, he'll never forgive them for breaking his streak. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he, get him started on that. He, he, to this day, he holds a grudge. I don't get s'mores, our last unpopular opinion today says. Uh, since I was a kid, everyone around me gets all excited and giddy about campfires and s'mores. Like it's some kind of religious tradition. I understand why mixing chocolate, marshmallow, and graham cracker together is something people like to do. But what's the deal with the melting part? You sit there like a goon with a marshmallow over a fire. Everyone tells you how to do it perfectly. But a good 60% of their marshmallows end up on fire or charred. And then they squish the ingredients together. The marshmallow squeezes out as you eat it and gets stuck in your beard. The chocolate melts and squeezes out and gets all over your fingers. And graham cracker doesn't even seem to break in a reasonable place. That's why I don't like s'mores. I don't get them. S'mores are I, two. S'mores are fine, but if 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 I was having a campfire, yeah, I wouldn't be breaking out any s'mores unless there were like a unless a child was around, I guess. Oh, see, I would do s'mores every time I did a campfire, but if there was a campfire and we didn't have the ingredients, that would be just fine too. I think I'm a little bit more keyed up on s'mores than you are, but also. Sometimes just sitting around a fire, uh, obviously there's 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 going to be beer at the bonfire, right? Yeah, okay, kind of gets in the way of the s'more. Yeah, there you go. Then we're then we're on the same page here. <laughs> Maybe a, a s'more flavored uh, stout would be good for uh, for this kind of thing. Well, there you go. Those are some unpopular opinions. Happy to have shared them with you here. Number five. 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 Number five. Mondays. Dig puts together a list of all the greatest bits of advice being doled out by advice yeah. columnists. Yes. And this is one of my favorite things to do. People are in need. Oh, yeah. People are reaching out to advice columnists with, with problems in their lives. And they get some good advice. And that was good advice. Good advice. They do. Good advice costs nothing and it's worth the price. I sincerely doubt that the world could do without my good advice. It seems as though uh, the advice is good, mm -hmm. you know, because you're getting this from, uh, you know, trained professionals. Yes. More often than not, it's not the advice they were looking for. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're right. If you take the time to, uh, to have to write an advice columnist, odds are you're not doing things right. Well, let's see what the record is here. Let's let's let's. I like what you're what you're going for here, Darren. Let's see if we can keep score. Okay. As to whether they're getting the answer they want. Yeah. Our first one is this: Will the balance on the credit card I secretly opened under my boyfriend's name hurt his credit score? <laughs> uh, I. I mean, I think we can go ahead and assume that they're not going to say "good for you." That was the right thing that to was, do, right? No, probably not. Uh, that's uh, sounds like fraud. Stupid! You're so stupid. Yeah, you might you might be in uh, bigger trouble than you know. And the search is over. We've located the dumbest woman on the planet. About a year ago, I came on hard times and did something I'm not proud of. I used my boyfriend's social security number oh. to open a credit card in his name. Boy. I was out of work and couldn't get a credit card of my own. I used the card to survive. 
and bought groceries and prescriptions. I also used it to pay some bills. I haven't made any new charges since I got a new job. The balance is around $4,800. I always make the minimum payment, about $245 right now, and I make it on time. If I die, will he be responsible for the debt? Will I hurt his credit score? Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, as you can imagine, uh, the advice columnist here in the Penny Hoarder says uh, identity theft is a very serious crime. It is. And you need to talk to an attorney. Quote, my non-lawyerly opinion is that the morally correct thing to do is tell your boyfriend about what you did, offer him a plan that shows you're serious about paying off this balance as quickly as possible. That's not what this letter writer wanted to hear. Hey, listen, you're on hard times. What are you going to do? You're going to do what you're going to do. That's inventive thinking. I'm wondering if I should start an advice column or just give bad advice that people want. To hear? That's the hole in the market, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is. That's the hole. That's that's something they're not getting. <laughs> Bad advice. What you did was very inventive. Good for you for finding a unique Only solution. Only the strong survive. <laughs> what were you going to do? Use your social security number to get a credit card? You already said you couldn't do that. So we're 0 for 1 on somebody getting an answer to a question that they want. I, I just, I can't imagine that uh, that was the advice they were looking for. Should I tell my boyfriend, this is a different one now, a letter number two. Should I tell my boyfriend I'm upset that he asked to be added to the title of the home I'm buying to live in alone? I'm buying my first property at the age of 28, which I'm extremely proud of. Yeah. When I told my boyfriend, he had a really negative reaction. Hey, why don't you put my name on that? He started talking about how this would impact him in the future if we were to move in together. For context, we've never talked about moving in together, as we've been dating for less than a year. He freaked out about where will all his stuff go, if there was enough space for all of his instruments, etc. He talked about how he deserved a vote in the process, because presumably in the future he would be moving in. His stream of conscious ramblings then took a bit of a turn. I think they've already taken a turn. He started saying he doesn't want to have to pay my mortgage and give me free equity when he's got nothing, and that the whole thing didn't feel fair to him. He then demanded that his name be on the title of the home. Oh, wow. I've had a hard time letting this conversation go because I feel like he's not supporting me. But I also can't verbalize why I feel so upset about this conversation, and whenever I bring it up, he tells me that I'm dismissing his feelings. Okay. Well, you're probably going to get the answer you want this time. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Although, my answer would be, you got to lose this guy. Well, clearly. you got to kick this guy to the curb. Now, this was a letter written to a Slate, and the advice columnist... Athena Valentine says, you need to write out a list of reasons you're upset before you talk to your boyfriend. It is not your concern where all his stuff would go. No. Because he's not moving in anytime soon, and he does not deserve a vote because you're buying this house for yourself. Yep. So that's we're one and one here. That's, a, that's almost like a unicorn, though, isn't it? Doesn't happen a ton. No. This is the... Uh, this is one of those ask the managers where this is a workplace-related question, okay? Yep. 
Sometimes these are more interesting than the boyfriend-girlfriend relationships because it's like you're, you're clearly not good at any personal relationship in your life. Should I ask my employee's boyfriend to start getting up earlier so that she can get to work on time? I manage an employee. Her name is Sarah. Sarah does good work. She's dating a colleague in another division. This is fine in principle, as our company has no policy on dating coworkers, and they work in different departments. Over the past two months or so, Sarah has been late for work nearly every day by up to 20 minutes. I asked her about this in a one-on-one -on -one meeting, and she got a bit flustered. Turns out she recently moved in with her boyfriend. She drives him to work, as there is no public transportation where they move to, and her words now, he's bad at getting up in the morning. We work in a field where certain tasks have to be completed by certain times, so it's important employees are on time. A few minutes late occasionally is not an issue, but it's consistently 10 to 15 minutes late, which means she's rushing to get her work done. It also seems unfair to her colleagues who arrive on time. Sarah offers to make up the time after work, but by that point, all her tasks are done. So it seems petty to force her to stay behind with nothing to do. I really don't know what to do here. Should I speak to her boyfriend? He's a manager, so he receives less scrutiny over his timekeeping. But it seems really weird to ask a colleague to get out of bed on time in the morning. I thought about asking her if she wanted to change her start time and reshuffle the tasks within the department slightly so that she'll start at 9.15. But then her boyfriend might also change his start time, and now they won't get until 9.30. I really don't want to seem like I'm interfering in their relationship. Do you have any advice? Yeah, just tell her she's got to be on time. Allison Green absolutely forbids this letter writer from talking to Sarah's boyfriend. Quote, you need to deal with Sarah directly, exactly. not her significant other. That doesn't change just because he works at your company, too. Yeah. Her boyfriend not getting up on time. That's her thing. None of your business. Yeah, right. Sarah, you got to be here on time. Here's one. Ask Amy, what should I do after my friend snuck into my garden and took two of my plants? Your friend, though. Yes. Amy, I'm an avid gardener. My fellow gardeners and I often give and trade plants to enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun, and it enhances all of our gardens. Sure. Recently, a friend of mine told me, quite offhandedly, that while I was away on vacation, she brought a spade to my house and helped herself to a couple of backyard plants that we had discussed previously, which I knew she loved. Honestly, I probably would have happily given those plants to her, but I could not believe she did this without my permission. I genuinely believe that she felt these plants were on our free-to-take list, but I don't like the way she did this, and I'm wondering how to respond. Amy says, uh, here's your script, man. It would have been really easy for you to text or call and ask if you could come by and dig up the plants. You chose to steal them instead. Wow. It depends on, I guess it depends on how close a friend you are and what conversations you did kind of have. Uh-huh. I mean, I could see myself not making that big a deal out of this. Well, if you have this deal where you just are always letting Trade people come yeah. back. Yeah, I don't know. It seems weird. Hey, man, I didn't say you could take those plants. How hard is that to say? 
Last one. Should my wife and I stop dropping in and announced on friends who always seem confused to see us and never invite us in? Yes. <laughs> yes. But then again, if it's the if you're gonna do the column that you let people, you know, mm-hmm. hear what they want to hear. Yes. I don't oh. see why you would stop doing that. Oh, no, people like when you just pop in unannounced. Everyone loves that. I drive a Dodge Stratus. My wife and I just moved. We're new in town. And as it happens, we have friends who live a few streets over. So we've started showing up at their place unannounced. Such behavior is quite routine where we're from, but I'm starting to get the impression that it's not welcome here in the big city. Oh, it's the big city that's different. Every time our friends open the door, they seem a bit confused, and they rarely invite us in. Is the drop-in dead? Should I start texting ahead of time? Wow. Yes. (laughs) This was a letter written to uh, an advice columnist who calls themselves the Urban Diplomat. Okay. The Urban Diplomat observes that different people have different comfort levels around unannounced drop-ins. Quote, whatever the reason, they've given you a clear signal. Why not act on it? Texting them beforehand is a good way to assess the situation. I don't, I don't know anyone, even my super closest friends, that I want just dropping by. No. I mean, I love you like a brother. If you just dropped by unannounced, I wouldn't put up with that. No, I would never. I've, why would I do that? Of course not. You have more sense. But you know what I'm saying? Like This idea of just dropping by. Like, I, like I'm just sitting around waiting to entertain somebody? is What world do you live in that you think that's a thing you can do? I mean, if I was to drop, I'm just trying to think of a scenario. Because I'm like, if I did drop by, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, ding dong, it's Saturday morning. It's like, here's that thing for Owen I said I was going to bring over. Bye. Right. Bye. Right. Like, and... If I was in your neighborhood, like I was running errands, yeah. and I was in your neighborhood, and I'm like, and I text you like, "Hey, man, uh, I'd love to see you for like five minutes." That's one thing, but I wouldn't just show up like I'm a door-to-door salesman. I had a, a window guy come to the house this weekend, wanted to sell uh, sell us windows. Rang the doorbell, and it was like, "Did you so, just have windows done?" Um, and it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, and. Uh, it's like it's like 7.30 on a Friday. At night? Yeah. And this guy's ringing the doorbell Ooh. to sell the windows. And uh, I look out the door. I, like, I move the, you know, the curtain thing back. I look out the door, and I look at this guy. He didn't even open the door. He just walked away. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not a, I don't even have it in me on a Friday night to have the no thank you no. conversation. Because no they always do this, too, where it's like, we're doing work on a lot of your neighbors' homes. What, you think well, that's going to get me to, to well, pull the trigger? We've been you think I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses? Would you look at this place? Does it look like I'm trying to keep up with anybody? You're, you ridiculous man. You're a door-to-door salesman in the year 2023. What's the matter with you? Everyone's got cameras on their uh, doorbells anymore. 
I don't have a camera on my doorbell, but I got to get one because that would have saved me a lot of time walking the 10 steps it took to walk, go to the door, look at this kid, and just go, nope, <laughs> walk away. With those uh, type of cameras? Yeah. Now, I know that you you can actually watch it and talk to somebody. Yes, yes. But can you record something? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's, that's, sure. You know, yeah. yeah okay. That's a big part of it. Record. It's like, back away. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> right. Or the man that's peeking out of the blinds right now. Pay no attention. And then they look over and you shut him real quick. <laughs> Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. That was Dave and Darren's top five things. Hope you enjoyed it. And our thanks to Nature's Treatment of Illinois for sponsoring. Yeah, you can sign up for your medical cannabis card through leafwell.com and receive coupons and discounts. You can get... More information, including product menus at ntillinois.com. We should mention that Nature's Treatment has the largest menu in Illinois, and they offer a wide selection of products for recreational use, including flower, vapes, edibles. I could go on and on, and so much more. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter and connect with Nature's Treatment on Twitter and Instagram. Until we get a chance to do this for you again, hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities. Representing, this is for the Quad Cities Reference Block. Davenport, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh, I'm done. Do what you want. Pull the plug. Good day to you. We're done. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.